Good evening. We have a special treat for everybody this evening. Tonight is our uh, Lads to Leaders Sunday service. And so what that means for all of us is that the young men uh, this year, all eighth grade and down, will be leading our services this evening. And so we have three speakers, Chase Edge, Clayton Danley, and Gage Sneed will be our speakers this evening. And just about everybody else is going to be leading singing or, or reading scripture or leading prayer. So it's going to be an exciting night for all of us as we endeavor to prepare for Lads to Leaders and give these young men an opportunity to lead in the worship here this evening. Uh, just as a couple of reminders, uh, parents, we know that this is an exciting evening and you're probably going to want to take out your phones and video and, and all that, but please refrain because we've got someone who's going to be videoing the whole thing and we will send it out in an email to each of the parents uh, of the young men who are leading in worship. But if you are not one of the parents and you would like to get that email with the video attached to it, talk to Brian. He will make sure that you're on the list and that you get a copy of the video. Additionally, we ask that while we're on the topic of cell phones, please silence yours uh, so it's not a distraction to to any of our uh, worship leaders this evening or, or anybody else. Uh, let's go ahead and while, while we're doing that, let's go ahead and bow our heads and pray. Our Father in heaven, we are so excited and thankful uh, for this opportunity to come together and to worship you. Lord, we're grateful for the, the young men that have been working so hard and so diligently to to lead singing, to read scripture, to lead prayers, and to present a message from your word. Lord, we know a, a lot of time and study and effort has gone into it for these young men, but also with their parents and their teachers and other mentors. Lord, we pray that you bless this evening's worship, that it's a, that it's a glory to your name. We pray that you bless the work of the church that as we work together, as we strive together to live out the call of the gospel, that you would, you would bless our efforts and we would, we would see the fruit of these efforts as they grow and nourish your kingdom. Father, we pray that you bless each one of these young men as they get up here and lead this evening. And we pray that all that we do in word and deed is pleasing to you and done in your name. It's the name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. Five hundred twenty three. Five two three. We will sing the first and fourth verse. There is beyond the azure blue a God concealed from human sight. He tinted skies with heavenly hue and framed the worlds with his great mind. There is a God. There is a from 
dust are God, created man. He is our God, the great I am, the Our God, whose son upon the tree alive was willing there to sin might set man free, and evermore with him could live. There is a God, he is alive, in him we live, and we survive from dust our God, created man, he is our This world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. My treasure's all laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't laugh home in this world anymore. Oh Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then Lord, what will I do? open door and I can't laugh home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, Lamb, we'll live eternally. The saints on every hand, no shouting victory. The soul so sweet is praise, drift back from heaven's shore, and I can't laugh home in this world over a hilltop. I'm satisfied with just a few
please bow. Dear God, thank you for this day that you've given us, and thank you for all the many, many blessings you give to us to, throughout our lives. Thank you for this food you gave us this afternoon to enjoy each other, and Charles Abel's becoming an elder and to serve you and lead this church in the right way. Thank you for all these young kids coming out and leading the service here and help it to be an encouragement to not just younger people, but to the older people too. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for loving me, and thank you, Lord, for blessing me. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole and saving my soul. I want to thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Please reveal your will for me so I can serve you for eternity. Give my life. 
Exodus chapter 2, 1 through 10. Exodus chapter 2, 1 through 10. I'll be reading out of the New King James Version. And, of the man, and a man of the house of Levi went and took a wife, a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes and dabbed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the riverbank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, and her maidens flocked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to go get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the baby wept, so she had compassion on him, on him, and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women? And, she, and Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, I, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. And the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So she called his name Moses, saying, Cause, because I drew him out of the water. evening. Before his fight with Sonny Liston in 1964, Muhammad Ali said, I am the greatest. Ali was able to back this claim up with being one of the greatest heavyweight boxers of all time. He won 92% of his fights. But even the greatest, Ali, suffered defeat in the hands of Joe Frazier and others. When God said to Moses in Exodus chapter 3 verse 14, I am who I am, he was saying, I am God, I have always been God, I will always be God. I am the greatest. Only God, our Father, has the right to claim to be the greatest. This evening, I would like to share with you three reasons why God is greater than anyone or anything. God is the great I am because he was able to create the universe, demonstrate his power through miracles, and provide a way of salvation to lost mankind. All throughout Genesis chapter 1, we see God's greatness through the creation of the whole universe. With his words, he was able to speak the universe into existence in just six days. Genesis 1.31 reads, Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. We are able to know that God truly is the great I Am, even today as we enjoy the greatness of his power and his glorious creation. Psalms 19.1 The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. When Paul preached to those in Athens about their idols, he contrasted those man-made images with the great I Am. In Acts 17, 24 through 25, Paul said, God, who made the world and everything in it, since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hand, nor is he worshiped with men's hands, as though he needed anything, since he gives to all life, breath, and all things. A second thing that proves God is the greatest is his ability to work miracles. The list of miracles performed by God is infinite. 
Even as God was saying to Moses, I am who I am, he was showing that he was all-powerful. Moses alone witnessed the bush burning and yet not being consumed, a rod changing into a serpent, and then Moses' own hand becoming leprous and being restored. Later, the entire Israelites and the Egyptians witnessed the great miracles performed by God during the ten plagues. And in Exodus 14, 21 through 22, we read of the miracle of the parting of the Red Sea by God's own hand. The waters were divided, and the Israelites crossed the Red Sea on dry ground, and the Egyptian army was swallowed up by the waters. How could someone see God's power through this act and could not recognize him as the great I Am? In the New Testament, the power of God is made evident once again by the, miracle, the miracles Jesus and the apostles were able to perform. In John 11, we read of the death of Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha, and the loving friend of our Lord. In verses 41 through 44, we read, Then they took away the stone from where the dead man was lying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who were standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave cloths, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. God proves that he is the great I am by raising Lazarus from the dead. Finally, God proved his claim of greatness by providing a plan for mankind's redemption. He gave his own perfect, sinless son for the salvation of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3.16 after Adam and Eve sinned and were separated from God, the great I Am began to make a scheme of redemption so that a sinful people could be with a holy God. Whether it was sacrifices, the tabernacle, the temple, or baptism, God gave instructions for man to follow. By following God's plan of salvation, we can be rescued from eternal punishment and delivered to an eternal life to live with the great I Am. Paul said in Ephesians 3, 10-11, to the intent that now the manifold of wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and the powers in the heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Muhammad Ali was a great fighter, but his greatness is limited to the boxing ring. God's greatness is unlimited. He proved his greatness through the creation of the universe, the miracles he performed, and the salvation he provides to the faithful. God is the great I Am. He has always been God. He will always be God. God is the great I Am. I'll be reading from John 14, 1 through 6. Let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and it, if it were not, I would have told you, I am going to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will. 
come again and receive you to myself that where I am there you may also be and where I go you know and the way you know Thomas said to him Lord we do not know where you are going and how can we know the way Jesus said to him I am the way the life not no one comes before the Father except through me. Here's a question. Is Jesus God? In the Bible, we read of many accounts of God speaking directly to the people during the Patriarchal Age and the Mosaical Ages. Exodus chapter 3 contains the account of God speaking to Moses from the burning bush, telling him that he was to lead the people out of Egypt. Moses asked him, When I come to the children of Israel, and they say to, and they say to me, or, When I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, What is his name? What shall I tell them? Verse 14 reads, And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. What did God mean when he called himself I am? Is Jesus the same as the great I am that was speaking to Moses? Let's start by looking at one of Jesus' I am statements from the New Testament. Jesus says in John 14:6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let's examine each of these things that Jesus says he is and compare them to the Old Testament. I'm the way. What did Jesus mean by I'm the way? Jesus is the way to God the Father. The only way to God the Father is through Christ, his Son, and his body, the church, us. In Acts 14 12, Peter, speaking to Jesus, says, Nor is there any salvation in any other, for there is no name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Just as God led Israel through the wilderness as a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, Jesus leads us through this world of sinfulness to the promised land, which is heaven. What did Jesus mean by, I am the truth? We live in a society today that believes there is no such thing as absolute truth. But God tells us in John 17, 17, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Your word is truth. But where did the word come from? Please turn to John chapter 1. I'll be reading from verses 1 through 2 in the New King James Version. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Note that the Word there is spelled with a capital W. Move down to verse 14, please. If your Bible has headings, please read it. My Bible says, and the Word became flesh. Verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as the glory as the only begotten one of his Father, full of grace and truth. The word that is talked about here is Jesus. Jesus is the word, and the word is truth. Just as God revealed the truth of his divine command through the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai, Jesus reveals the truth of his divine command to one another on Mount Calvary. What did Jesus mean by, I am the life? Jesus gave his life so that we could have eternal life with God. 
John 3.16 says, As we all know, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He is our life source and our preserver. Through Jesus, we are able to put our sinful selves to death and be raised to walk a new life with him through baptism. Romans 6, 3-4 says, Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ, Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. Just as God sustained the lives of the Israelites with manna from heaven in the wilderness, Jesus provides eternal life for his people and his body with his blood. In conclusion, Jesus is, the, is Jesus the same God as the one in the Old Testament? I'd say absolutely. When he was speaking to the Pharisees about his identity in John, in John chapter 8, Jesus said in verse 58, Most assuredly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is our way to be reconciled. He is our way to be reconciled by God, the truth in which we place our faith, and the source of eternal life. Just as God provided the way, truth, and life to the Israelites on their journey out of bondage of Egypt, Jesus provides the way, truth, and life in our journey out of the bondage of sin. He is God. Jesus is the great I Am. First Peter two seventeen through twenty says Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the Emperor. Servants be subject to your masters with all respect not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. But this is a gracious thing when, mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it? You endure. But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure. This is a gracious thing in the sight of God. Good evening. Is that the third or fourth time you've heard good evening? When God says, I am who I am, what does he mean? That's what I want to look at today is the respect we should give the I am, the respect society gives God, and the respect we as Christians give God. Let's take a look at the word gentle. It comes from the old French word gentile, meaning high-born or noble, having or showing a mild, kind, or tender temperament of character. When you think gentle, what do you think? I'm sure the majority of you had different answers. I won't go around the room. But I'm sure most of you said God or maybe even your grandmother. But no matter how hard you or anyone else tries to think of it this way, God's not your grandmother. If you don't do exactly what he says to do, he will punish you. 
Just consider that the next time you say OMG or become too good to pray and thank God, rather than just coming to Him with your problems. Nowadays, people disregard God so much, they no longer respect His name. I went looking to see how many OMG memes or gifts I could find on the internet, and there was so many I stopped counting. God says in Joel 2.27, You shall know that I am in Israel, and that I am the Lord your God. When God says, I am the Lord your God, he demands respect, and we should give it to him. As I mentioned earlier, many people disregard God entirely. As a matter of fact, 16% of the world's population are atheists. By the way, there's just under 8 billion people in the world, so that's roughly 1,280,000,000 people. It's honestly ridiculous and sad all at the same time. And some people's problem is they just don't believe that God can help them. They are just too far gone and have accepted going to hell. But Jeremiah 32.27 reads, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? Of course, we know the answer is no. Galatians 3.16 says, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells inside you? Think about that for a minute. You represent God. If that alone makes you want or need to change the way you act, then I don't even need to say anything else. 1 Peter 3.15 reads, But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason of hope that is in your heart. Yet be prepared to do it with gentleness and respect. There's those two words again, respect and gentle. Gentleness we've already looked at the definition of, but respect. I don't have enough time to go into the meaning of respect thoroughly, that's an entire sermon in itself. But respect is incredibly important, and that's all God asks for, is respect for him, his commandments, and others. The word respect comes from the Latin word respectus, meaning to look back or to regard. 1 Peter 2.17 says, Respect everyone, love other believers, honor God, and respect the emperor. To wrap things back to my topic, God says that we should respect others, and because he is the I am, we do as he says, because he loves us and we love him. I recently been baptized, actually, and I, got a, I received a card with this verse on it. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That's 2 Corinthians 5.17. When you're baptized into Christ, you become part of the I am. So we should respect others as the I am does, right? We don't have to conquer life because Jesus already conquered life and death for us. All we have to do is respect him and honor his wishes. In John 14, 2 through 4, Jesus says, say that one more time, Jesus says, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus loves us enough that he lived, died, rose again, and ascended to heaven to prepare a place for us. Let's look at heaven a little bit more in depth. The book of Revelation describes heaven as a beautiful, wonderful place with pearly gates and streets of gold. It describes heaven as a place where we will never hunger and never thirst, where there will be no death, no tears, no sorrow, no pain. But most, important, most importantly, a place where God lives. That's where we're going. We're going to live with the I Am. That's heaven. The I Am is powerful and mighty, but also loving and caring, fair and forgiving. 
We love him and he loves us. If we obey him, he keeps his promise. We just have to hold up our end of the promise that we took on in baptism. Maybe you aren't giving God the, God the respect he deserves, or maybe you had been and you realized maybe God deserves a little bit more than you've been giving him. Now's the perfect time to make a change if you need, and if you need help, there are many here that will talk and pray with you. Today and every day, we should strive to respect the I am and each other. Thank you. I will be reading Matthew 5, 1 through 12. I am reading in the new in the King James Version. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For as so persecuted that thy the prophets which were before you. I do not have to tell you that that is a hard act to follow. Amen. Not only are they young and intelligent and good looking, but they all have hair. <laughs> we are very proud of you and the example that you are to all of us and to each other. And we greatly, greatly appreciate it. You're going to do wonderful things. I think about the fact of uh, me being their age and uh, the first uh, sermon I ever preached, I was 21 years old, and I read the entire manuscript with probably not looking up. And they did a wonderful job of gesturing and looking up and inflecting their voice, and I am very, very proud of them. There have been many, many individuals work with our young ladies and young men for lads to leaders and lads to leaderettes, and we are so grateful to you for the work that you have done with those young people. And we're most of all grateful to our elders who have uh, blessed us with the ability to participate in Lads to Leaders because they recognize that these young people are indeed the church of the future. If you will, go ahead and turn with me to John chapter 6. Now, we'll note here that uh, those young men that were giving those speeches are tied to a time limit. Their time limit is four and a half to six minutes. I told them it is very difficult
to do a speech in four and a half to six minutes. But every single one of them did a marvelous job. And all of that work that they put into it has shown. Have you ever been hungry? Like, I mean, really hungry. Like without food for an extended period of time and you think, I am going to starve to death. Have you been hungry? You know, I made this statement before. I'm so hungry, I'm about to shrivel up to normal. Well, I'll tell you this. This boy right here could go a long time before he shrivels up to normal. But we've been hungry before physically. You know, in John chapter 6, the very first uh, passage there talks about Christ feeding of the 5,000. And he has five barley loaves and two fishes. And he, and he feeds these 5,000 and there's leftover food enough to fill 12 baskets of food. Those people were hungry, weren't they? They were physically hungry. And so some of those that were physically hungry continued to follow Christ because they knew he would provide for their physical hunger. Now I would hope that some of those that were fed and saw his miracle would want to continue to search after him and follow Christ because they were hungry spiritually as well. The second lesson we see in the book of John chapter 6 is that Christ walks on water. His disciples had already gone out into the boat and it was, uh, it was dark and here three to four miles out into the sea, here comes Jesus walking. Can you imagine the terror on their face to see someone walking across the water and coming to them? But you know, these young men have been talking about the I Am. We've been studying the book of Exodus and there are so many wonderful passages there talking about the power of God, that He is the I Am. And we notice also that Christ was there in the very beginning because we understand that He did indeed become the Word in flesh. He is the I Am. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the ending. He is the way, the truth, and the life. But notice the I am statement in John chapter 6, and we'll begin in verse 22. John chapter 6, beginning in verse 22. On the following day, when the people were standing on the other side of the sea, saw that there was no other boat there except the, that one which his disciples had entered and that Jesus had not entered, and that boat with his disciples, but the disciples had gone away alone. However, other boats came from Tiberias, near the, near the place where they ate bread after the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got into their boats and came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? They're wondering, how in the world did Jesus make it from that side over here? He didn't come on any of those boats. Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. He was making reference to the feeding of the 5,000, wasn't he? 
He said, you ate those loaves and were filled. You're not seeking me to seek me as the Son of God. You're seeking me because your bellies are full and you want more food. Sometimes we can be stingy like that in our lives, can't we? We can be seeking something that is going to be only beneficial to ourselves and not to others. Or maybe only beneficial to our physical life and not our spiritual life. We continue there. Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because of the signs, but because you ate loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but the food which endures to everlasting life, which is the Son of God, which the Son of God will give you, because God the Father has sent his seal on him. He's making reference to himself, the Christ, the Son of God, that individual who can give them everlasting life, a substance that is much more than the physical life that he had given the 5,000 and feeding them. He had something much more important to share with them. Then they said to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? And Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God that you believe in him who sent him, whom he sent. Therefore they said to him, What sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers ate manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Now note we've been talking about the book of Exodus, and that's a direct quote from the book of Exodus, that God gave them manna from heaven to eat. He was dealing with their physical needs. And it's important to note that even back in the book of Exodus, when that physical need was being met, God knew that his spiritual need would ultimately be met by sending his son to die on the cross. It's wonderful to see how God's word ties together when we look at it in depth and realize that those things in the Old Testament were truly there for our learning so that we can have a better understanding of those things in God's word in the New Testament. <clears throat> Jesus said to them, verse 32, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Verse 34, Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said, that, said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe, and all that the Father gives me will come to me, and one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. 
This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life and will raise him up at the last day. If you go down a few verses to verse 43, Jesus answered and said to them, Do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. As it is written in the prophets, they shall be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned of the Father comes to me. Not that everyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life, for I am the bread of life. You know, the physical needs are met so oftentimes when we take of the loaves or the fishes, if you will when we're able to meet our physical needs. But God has a much better plan for the spiritual need of his children. That spiritual need of God's children is this, that we partake of the bread of life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We need to eat physically to enjoy the temporary life that we have physically here on earth. But we need to eat spiritually of the bread of life. We need to eat spiritually of the bread of life which is Jesus Christ the Son of God who came in the flesh, that through his sacrifice and our obedience to that gospel plan of salvation, we can eat spiritually and have everlasting life. There may be some here who have never ate of the bread of life, who have never participated in doing the things that God would have you to do in order to be pleasing to him in order to be called a child of God, in order to be added to the church, which God is the only one that has the ability to do that. We must hear the word of God, believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, repent of our sins, stop sinning on purpose, have that change of mind. We must confess with the mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and be buried in a watery grave of baptism, raised to walk in newness of life. We as Christians must continue to eat of the bread of life. That is the word of God that became flesh and dwelt among us. As mentioned earlier in John chapter 1 in verse 14. For the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We must continue to eat spiritually of the bread of life. If you have a need to respond to the Lord's invitation this evening, whatever your need may be, to make your life right, to participate in, in partaking of the true bread of life, that is, Christ and the sacrifice that was made on our behalf so that we can have everlasting life. Or you've fallen away, and publicly you need to make a public repentance, or you need the prayers and thoughts of your brothers and sisters in Christ. 
We offer you an invitation to come forward now as together we stand and as we sing. From his presence come today, hear his loving voice calling still, calling now for thee, O weary prodigal, come, calling now for thee. house of thy father and to spare hear oh hear him calling calling now for thee lo the table is spread and the feast is waiting there hear his loving voice calling still calling now for thee Again, we're very thankful for your presence tonight and especially thankful for these young men and the job they did this evening. Several of the ladies commented knowing what was happening tonight about the good job that the young ladies did on Wednesday night as well. And we're just very thankful and proud of them as has already been said. Thankful to Harrison and Brian and Heath and some of the others that have been working with them as well. On Wednesday nights, getting prepared for Lads to Leaders. Uh, we're just a couple of weeks away from the convention. Uh, part of the point of Lads to Leaders is to harp on uh, the fact that it's a year-round thing, that we're trying to teach them to grow in all the things that they're doing. And so we appreciate the opportunity that the elders give to go to the convention, but even all throughout the year to work on these things, lead singing on singing night, have something like this. And so we're just very proud and thankful for all that they've done so far. As far as our announcements go, to update on a few that we added to our list, uh, Bill and Sylvia aren't here tonight. Sylvia had texted this afternoon, said that, that Bill was, was feeling a little run down and they weren't going to be able to be out this evening, so we certainly want to continue to pray uh, for Bill and the, the illness that he's facing. We added Billy Lee to our list. Many of you knew that he had uh, had an injury at work earlier in the week, hurt his back, went to the ER yesterday with severe pain. They gave him some medication, but after a CT scan, did refer him on to a specialist that hopefully he'll see in the next few days. We did mention as well uh, about Jessica Pickett and the uh, uh, delivery that she had last night of all three of the babies. Again, they were uh, one pound, two ounces, one pound, three ounces, one pound, four ounces. And so they certainly have a long road ahead. She did say as well that they were 11 inches long, uh, roughly 11 inches long. So uh, many of us have been going through the 
imagination, of course, thinking about something very, so very tiny. Uh, they will face a, a long road of recovery in the NICU. Uh, several of you have given already to uh, a basket. We've collected that. We'll be delivering that in the next few days to them of some things and especially money that they can use. Uh, but certainly we'll continue to pray for them and lift them up as they will face uh, their growth there uh, in the hospital. And we'll update you on any changes that, that uh, they may have from time to time and hopefully as those babies continue to grow. We did mention that Lee Robertson came home and has continued to recover. We want, uh, want to pray for our sister Ann Shipley. She said she was actually feeling some better. That's the way it goes. You start, you get ready for surgery and you start feeling a little bit better. But uh, we know she's been in a lot of pain for a good time uh, now. And we want to pray that her surgery goes well on Wednesday. We mentioned a couple other additions this morning. Logan Naramore will be having a kidney biopsy on Thursday. We want to pray for him and his family. And then as well that our sister Betty Varner had hurt her knee at home there and will be recovering from that. Is there anyone else we need to add or update on our sick list? All right, as far as our other announcements go, don't forget uh, men's devotional tomorrow night will we begin another chapter, the next chapter in the book. We had just covered uh, the one over the preacher, the preacher as a leader, so the one after that. If you've got a copy of that spiritual sword, you can be reading over that lesson tomorrow night at 7 p.m. I believe Brian will be teaching our men's devotional. Uh, as well, on Tuesday night, if you signed up to come to our house for uh, dinner with our family this week, uh, please uh, see Hannah if you have any questions. We had a few spots open this week. If something happened and, and you maybe need to change your plans, we could take a few more this week to come. Uh, if you would like to come and, and have dinner with us, we're looking forward to having everybody over, as, over the course of the next month. What else? Anything else we need to update? Here's some. Uh, the April group got yes. Next Sunday night, we usually have our teen devotional on the third Sunday, but due to last leaders, Easter, and various things, it will be next Sunday. Are y'all having it at your house? At uh, Tabitha Harrison's house. Uh, Charles is going to come lead us in a prayer for just a moment, but we're going to go ahead uh, at this moment and dismiss those who have not had an opportunity to partake the Lord's Supper. You can make your way either out this side door here or out the back and around to adult classroom number one in this hallway, and you will be served at this time. We appreciate those who stayed for the good lunch today, uh, had, a, had a good meal, uh, and appreciate all those who were a part of that. A lot of area events going on. Don't forget those. Uh, there are some in the bulletin. There are others on the um, bulletin boards here in the hallway, but we want to certainly support all of those folks and the various meetings that are going on. All right, Brother Charles. Before we go to God in prayer, I just want to say again, thank you for uh, all the encouraging words to me and my family and, and uh, the lunch today. It was wonderful. Look forward to working many years with this congregation. Love this group of people and love the Lord. And working together, we'll, we will continue to be successful at Saudi. Let's bow for our prayer. Almighty God, again, we're thankful for this day. It's a beautiful first day of the week that we could gather here as your children to worship you, the only true and living God. Father, we're so thankful tonight for this group of young men who stood before us and gave us their, your word, led us in songs and prayers and reading of your word. We ask, Father, that you would continue to strengthen them day by day, help us as their parents and older Christians to continue to encourage them as they encourage us by their efforts and, and their life for you. Father, we're so blessed here at Saudi with a wonderful group of young people and their parents and and Harrison and Tabitha and so many others who are working with them to continue their growth spiritually. 
We ask that you would continue to bless them always and keep them in the palm of your hand because this is, a, this is an evil and a tough world in which to live, especially today. And we just ask that you would keep them on the right path and strengthen each one of us who are their mentors and those who are uh, encouraging them and teaching them. And we're so thankful for the church here at Saudi that, that they can be part of the church and that they can strengthen us and encourage us by their example as well. Father, we're so mindful of Jesus Christ and the blessings we have because of him. We're thankful for your word and we're thankful for the church, especially the church that meets here at Saudi. We pray that you continue to bless our elders, our ministers, and for all those that make up the body of Christ here. Help us, Lord, to be resolved each day that we will live for you and serve you regardless of what happens in this world. We ask all these things in Christ's most wonderful name. Amen. If you're using your songbooks, please turn to number 583. 583. Sing to me, oh heaven, sing that song. with me please father you are an awesome God and you're a God of love and mercy a God of justice father we can't describe you with the words that we humans have we're so thankful to be in your presence tonight and father we are thankful for these young men for their willingness to lead us in worship tonight father we're thankful for the growth that we see in them Father, it gives us courage and, and hope for the future. Just as you proved to Elisha that you would take care of the nation of Israel and that 
your prophets would not fail in the nation of Israel. Father, we know that you will provide for your church, that there will be leaders in the future, and that they will come from the young people such as these. Father, we thank you for giving them the courage and the strength to prepare themselves, and we pray that we can be the encouragement that they need to continue. We pray, Father, that they will love you all their lives. We pray that they will seek your will in everything that they do. Father, we're thankful for all the youth at, at Saudi. We're thankful for our young ladies as well, for the work that they continue to put in to become the kind of Christians and the kind of people that you would have them to be. And Father, we just continue to pray for strength for them as well and that they can be what you would have them to be. Father, as adults, as parents, as grandparents, we pray for your help as well, Father. We know sometimes we are not what you would have us to be, and we wish to be the examples that these young people need as they grow up. And we pray that you'll give us the strength and the courage to be those examples. Father, we pray that we can be what you need us to be. Father, as we find opportunities to spread your word, help us to rejoice in those opportunities and help us to take advantage of those opportunities so that your kingdom can be broadened in the world and so that other lost souls can be brought back to you. Father, as we leave here tonight, we ask that you be with us during the week, that we look for those opportunities, that others see, will see Christ in us, that we live the way you would have us to live. And Father, help us to live in such a way that we can show our appreciation for the greatest blessing of all, the blessing of Jesus Christ, that you would send a part of yourself down to live as a man to give us an example to live perfectly and to die for us to shed his precious blood and then to conquer death so that we can have hope of eternity with you it's in jesus holy name we pray amen